Hi, this is Chad. I start episodes by saying, I'm so glad to be part of your journey towards product mastery so you can better develop products customers love. In this episode, I want to dig into that journey in more detail. As a listener to this podcast, your journey in some way involves developing and managing products. I assume that's why you listen. The titles for people involved in these roles, they certainly vary, but I suspect you relate to, you know, maybe product manager or product leader, like a product VP or a CPO, or an innovator, or maybe an R&D specialist or engineer. Regardless of the title, in some way your work is intersecting this space of developing and managing products. By diving into the specifics of the journey towards product mastery, you can identify where you are now on the journey and what to do next to further accelerate your career, to really see growth in your career. And if you want a diagram that describes the journey towards product mastery, go to productmasterynow.com journey. I think you'll find it enlightening for your career planning. Now, for the rest of the episode, I really do hope you listen to the end as I have a special opportunity for you. But first, most of you don't know much about my journey, and I want to share the key milestones and how they helped equip me as a product professional. And I expect that you're going to find some similarities, but more importantly, it's an opportunity for you to reflect on the key milestones of your journey as well and how they kind of fit together to where you are now and where you want to go. Now, my first milestone was when I started my career as an electrical engineer. I was employee number four in a small systems engineering office, which was such a great experience for me because I got to wear so many different hats. If you're part of such a small group, everyone ends up doing everything. And my job was primarily, and I guess I would say in, in some aspects, helping to solve all sorts of problems, right? Whatever problems came up. How about you? Where did you start your product work? Now, the projects in the system engineering group, we were quickly getting more projects coming in that were putting a larger emphasis on software development. And in a few years, I had what was a perfect job for me at the time, which was my second milestone. That was creating rapid prototypes for potential customers. I was given problems to solve, right? Not requirements or features to build, but problems to solve for them and would turn out prototypes for them. I learned to listen to customers and find better ways to understand their needs. How about you? When did you gain an appreciation for working with customers? And how did you get that experience? Now, for me, those experiences opened the door to my third milestone, which was being sent to observe a potential customer. And this was really transformative for my career. It was a military team wanting an intelligent information system. I watched how they worked for an entire week, right? Listened to what they talked about and what was important to them and asked a few questions. I was in a sense, you know, kind of walking in their shoes. I wasn't doing their work, but I was right there with them, seeing what they did and what was important to them. And using a software prototyping tool that I knew well, along with some advanced hardware I had access to, and thankfully the help of some really good software developers that I worked with, we were able to, after this week of understanding the problem, I could put together these resources I had access to, and we created this non-functional prototype in less than a week after that. And it looked like it did everything the customer needed, and at the same time, it was unlike anything they or anyone else had envisioned, right? Because there were some other companies that were also looking at how could we help this customer with this intelligent information system. But what we came up with, it was better. It was simple to understand, simple to use, and most importantly, it solved their core problems. And that was all through just observing them, right? Kind of, like I said, being in their environment with them, the environment that they worked in, kind of being in their shoes, so to speak. And I ended up leading the development team to make the real product. 
Only later did I learn about this thing called ethnographic research. I probably didn't even pronounce it the first time I read it. But, you know, this ability to gain insights by observing customers in their own environment, right? Not bringing customers in, into where you work and ask questions about what they do, but observing them in their own environment, insights that lead to new innovations. And that was a really powerful experience. And essentially, it was this powerful customer discovery approach. And I bet you've had some experiences as well to deepen customer discovery for you, right? Experiences that led to some new insights. Useful to reflect on those. Now, continuing on with my milestones, this experience led to crafting a customer-driven product development process. And I thought that was great, right? I looked around at what other processes existed. I integrated the experience that I had had at that point and experience working with the software development teams and other customers. But the problem was it did it always work? Sometimes we created products that customers loved, and other times we missed the mark. And that was really discouraging. I loved seeing us create value for customers, and missing the mark was you know, really rather painful. I started reading product management and innovation literature, and at the time, I would have told you I was a project manager, not product manager, but project manager. And I never heard of this term product manager before, but I was starting to learn about product management, right? Just through these readings. And I wanted to research better approaches to developing products that customers loved. And one thing led to another. And a friend at the time, she was the founder of, of a VC fund. She encouraged me to pursue a PhD. Certainly something I never thought about. But as things kind of came together, it started making more sense. Because this was already something I deeply wanted to study. And the PhD would give me, frankly, better tools to be able to study that. So I studied innovation deeply, why some products fail to meet customers' expectations, and what to do differently. In my dissertation, it turned out to be a pretty solid study with some important findings. One of the leading experts in the field at the time said it contained the best literature review on the topic. And, you know, that doesn't last long because everyone's doing new research, but that was a great feedback to receive. And my university used it as a model, a showcase for the next two years with other students. So that was great. Happy about that. That was milestone number four, right? Deep and structured learning with a clear purpose. Now, next, discovering the discipline of product management was really powerful for me. I was already a member of the Project Management Institute, PMI, and I had got P PMP certified, right? Those of you in the project world know what that is. And I wondered, right, that was really helpful, but I wondered if there was a professional organization for people developing and managing products because project management really helped my career advance, but there were pieces that I was missing because we were developing products, right? Getting the requirements, understanding the customer, doing the launch, there were other aspects that weren't being addressed just by project management. So I just Googled one day, right, to try to find if there was a professional association. And I came across one that looked particularly interesting to me. That was called the Product Development and Management Association, PDMA. Have you heard of them before? They've been researching this discipline, curating the body of knowledge for product managers, innovators, leaders, and creating frameworks and tools since 1976, quite a while now. They also conduct original research about the product innovation practices of the best performing companies. And they do that every few years. I think that's one of the most you know, beneficial things they actually do because they use that to improve their body of knowledge and tools that they have. And I just found the resources really helpful. And they have a professional certification. I was curious what they cover in that. So I got together with some other product managers and we studied for that and we all earned that. And what I learned was so helpful in my own career in developing products that customers love and leading innovation that I helped others earn that certification too. 
And you know, no doubt you've had some you know significant learning activities along the way to think about. But that was milestone number five for me, and it really moved from you know learning for myself to now sharing with others how to be better product developers and managers. And I've always found this you know, area of mentoring and coaching that the experiences of doing that help me a great deal as well, right? They help. Clearly, I'm helping those that I might be mentoring or coaching, but in the process, I'm learning too, and that's really rewarding. What about you? You know, the kind of mentoring and coaching experiences you've had. Now, in time, some of those people that I was helping, you know, working with individually to prepare and then earn this certification, some of those people came back a few years later and asked if I could help them now do something similar with the groups that they were leading, right? They had had advanced in their careers, they were now leading groups, and they needed to get that group kind of skilled up, right, in some sense. And this led to evolving a system for product managers and teams and others, right, anyone else contributing to product work. And it was a system to really learn a common shared foundation, right, and understand the jargon, the processes, the concepts, and the tools, to collaborate better, because I found that there was not, probably not as much interaction as we would want among people between product managers and on cross-functional teams, and to build trust with each other. And I came across some of these just almost funny, sad examples of silos in organizations where information should be shared between people, and it wasn't happening, right? So there also needed to be a way to help the people involved build more trust with each other, more rapport. And really, I guess you could say fundamentally, this was about getting everyone on the same page so they could work faster together. And if you listen to the podcast ever before, you've no doubt have heard me talk about this. I call it the rapid product mastery experience. And I describe it simply as, you know, higher performing product teams and product managers in nine weeks, meeting virtually 75 minutes a week. And it's milestone number six for me, and it's frankly never one I expected as I was just responding to what people asked for kind of across the growth of my career. And there's other milestones too, right? Like I took this epic road trip with my family for over a year, and along the way, I was interviewing product developers and innovators. Certainly creating this podcast is a milestone. I have the great pleasure of teaching product and innovation management courses in university graduate programs, and also getting to coach some of the leading companies in their industry right? That's just such a treat for me, right? These companies in some way, I kind of grew up on these brands, right? Really respected them. And now I've had an opportunity to come back and help them with their product efforts as well. And all of these are part of my journey towards product mastery. And frankly, I don't know if I'll ever reach actual product mastery, at least the way that I fully define it. But I'm on a great journey that I love because now I spend most of my time getting to help others. How about you? What have been your key milestones in your journey as a product professional, right? And as I would say, in my words, as you work towards product mastery. Now, at this point, I've talked with hundreds of product managers and leaders about aspects of their journey. And you know what they have in common? Well, I'll tell you, there's three recurring levers that are present in their journey. And I see them in mine as well, certainly. And it's levers that made a significant difference in our growth as product professionals. They aren't sequential steps in our journey, but they are levers that reappear during times of growth and acceleration, or they prepare for that next cycle of growth and acceleration of our careers. So in no particular order, one is the application of frameworks and tools. From the example of my journey, ethnography, still working on saying that wrong, right? Ethnography and other tools helped me to better understand customers, and it really became important to me. 
you know, in, in part, let me tell you, you know, it came important to me because when I was starting out as an engineer, I took the Myers-Briggs type indicator, and you might be familiar with MBTI. One of the things it major, measures is how introverted versus extroverted you are. And I was about as far on the introverted scale as one can get, which, you know, fundamentally in their language means, you know, I prefer to think about things myself, you know, think through the problem myself, and actually kind of tires me out to be interacting with others, you know, to think through problems and come up with solutions. Not surprisingly, it was challenging for me in the beginning to have interaction with customers and to appreciate their perspective and to be able to pull out from them what the real problem was and, and uncover some of their unmet needs and the like. Right? So learning how to do that was pretty important. And, and having frameworks and tools like ethnography and others that I learned, learned along the way was really helpful. Right? Important to have these things to help us know what to do. Really good example just from my experience. So that one lever for career growth is frameworks and tools. And they extend far beyond just understanding the customer better. We need them in different places to really succeed as a product person. Now, another lever that's clearly related is what I call simply structured learning. You accumulate frameworks and tools by studying and learning. So likely we've done some of the things already for this. I read books, still do. I've attended short you know, one to six day workshops and conferences. I've taken university courses. And while this was all helpful for my first 10 years in product work, frankly, it, it lacked structure, and I didn't always relate what I learned in one area to what I knew from another area. The, the pieces of this puzzle, so to speak, this knowledge puzzle, didn't always fit together in my head, and I was certainly less efficient than I should have been. Later, I learned in a more structured manner, which helped me to quickly connect the many pieces of product work you know, fitting together these pieces of the puzzle into something that actually made sense. For me, a crucial part of this was the body of knowledge that PDMA, that association I talked to you about before that they've been curating since 1976, the structure they add to their product management body of knowledge revealed several important aha moments that before I was just missing. And it's been fascinating as I have helped others now you know, learn this body of knowledge. Some of them often share something similar like, Oh, aha, I, I see how these pieces fit together and why it's important for me to know about that aspect. And I won't get into details now, but really helped me to put together pieces of knowledge and also give me a structure to add new knowledge into as well. Okay, so, so far we have two levers common to successful product professionals. One, frameworks and tools, and the other is structured learning. The third is simply what I call peer learning, peer learning. And I'm pretty liberal when I use this phrase as I mean it to include coaching and mentorship from people above and below you as well. As an example, in a peer learning community earlier in my career, I learned from product VPs that had much more experience than me, great people, from other product managers, many of them with more years in their career, as well as some people that had problems that I had knowledge about and that I could help with. The power of a peer learning community is the interaction with people at similar levels of knowledge and experience, but not just that. It's also those with more or less knowledge and experience. The community helps you find practical answers to current problems along with what was tried and did it work, right? Maybe more quickly than structured learning itself can provide you, right? It's those interactions with people who have tried some things and found out what actually worked for their situation they can kind of add that nuance that you might not just see in a book. And it's often faster having those, those discussions with others. 
And further, I've also found that a community of diverse industry and domain experiences is a lot more helpful to me and others that I've talked about this, more helpful to them than just one specific industry. This is actually a little odd to me right now, the, the trend that I'm seeing about this. Because as I've looked for product communities over the years, the popular ones I'm finding are almost always focused on software products. And yet product managers are in all kinds of industries, right? I, I think a reason for this is if we go back, you know, maybe a couple decades from, from where we are right now, the term product manager, it did not come up as much. It certainly wasn't in any graduate programs. We see it in a few now. There weren't conferences per se. There, the PDMA was still doing something, but there, there wasn't a lot to get your hands on about this discipline until it kind of became a big thing in the software world. And it kind of grew in popularity out of that quite a bit. So I, I, I kind of see why we have more of a focus of product communities. I personally just don't find that nearly as beneficial as a community that is more across industries, right? Looking at the problem from different perspectives, right? How product problems occur in different places. Crafting those physical products or maybe integrating hardware and software products and certainly as well as services. That's probably enough on my soapbox. <laughs> as a software product manager myself, I remember a specific conversation with someone in my peer learning community that was creating roofing materials for buildings. And you might wonder what roofing materials and software have to do with each other? And the answer is very little. But the product management principles and practices are very similar. And seeing them through his eyes helped me actually improve what I was doing through software, right? Just hearing that very different perspective, really different domain, but wow, same processes and same desired output. So as product people, we don't have to be confined to one industry or domain. I've had several past guests who have shared aspects of their journey that included big changes in the industries they worked in over their career. As I've shared before, one of my favorite examples is Ben Britton, who was a food chemist at Pepsi, and now he leads product innovation at Snap-on Tools. So he went from the beverage industry to one that makes professional mechanical tools from metal. There's not that much related to metal and what you need to know about that and the beverage industry, right? Mountain Dew, metal, not really. <laughs> so go figure, right? But good product people, we can easily span very different domains if we want to. It's really about that process, the concepts, the tools that we know. Now, to summarize what I just went through, the three levers that are reoccurring in successful product people, first one, frameworks and tools. Second one, structured learning that they took part in. And the third one, peer learning communities. Okay, so now here's the big news. At least it's big to me, and I hope it is to you. I'm starting a community, the Product Mastery Now community, to address all three levers. To summarize, the three levers are frameworks and tools, structured learning, and peer learning communities, right? Those are the three levers that show up over and over in the histories, the journeys of successful product professionals. And this is something I've been asked about many times since starting this podcast, you know, all the way back in 2015, doing weekly episodes since then. And it's really going to be a way for people who already find value in this podcast that wish to, to get even more from it and add additional fuel to help accelerate their product career. Now, the community is going to include, first, training in a structured framework that I created called the IDEA Framework, which stands for Ideation, Develop, evolve, and accelerate. 
It's a synthesis of other frameworks, tools, and concepts that I have found most useful and that I've taught aspects of this to thousands of product managers and innovators. And I also like simple models, simple frameworks that are no more complicated than they need to be, but convey what is really important. So idea is easy to remember. Idea for ideation, develop, evolve, and accelerate. The key activities for success. So a second element of the community to further address structured learning, community members are invited to the live weekly podcast episode. Now, not only will you get to see and hear the live interaction with the guests, and that's because while I routinely publish just the audio, we do record video. We, we always see each other on video to just make the interview sound more like a discussion for everyone that listens. But get this, you'll also be able to ask questions after the interview and interact with the guest. Now, have you ever been listening to an episode wanting me to ask that specific question that's on your mind? And I let you down. I never asked it, right? Maybe you're yelling into your podcast player, Chad, you have to ask, right? Whatever that question is. And I didn't do it. Well, now you can ask the question yourself. Further, as interviews are published several weeks after they're actually recorded, you'll get the insights much faster in real time with the guest, faster than anyone listening to the public podcast. A third aspect, community members can participate in peer learning through online discussion forums. The tactics for creating an online discussion forum is something I really know a lot about because those university courses that I've taught for more than a decade now, they always have an online forum associated with them. And this will be a great place to share experience and get help with product issues you are facing. It will also help you expand your professional network. Another aspect, the community will have a monthly live session for interacting with peers. Together, it will address challenges and issues you are encountering and want help with. This was an element of a previous peer learning community I was a part of that met in person. And we really found this time of helping each other through challenges that people are currently facing beneficial to obviously the people with the challenge, but also the rest of us, right, as we just thought through this problem. Now, I may add other elements to the community as well, certainly depending on the needs and interest of the members. One that I'm thinking about is a book discussion, but I want to, you know, kind of flesh this out some with who is in the membership. I have found, and I'm sure you have as well, a lot of value in books over our careers. And it could be helpful to periodically select an important book for us to read, you know, not together in real time, but, you know, to read our own and then discuss it together. And we could also arrange a time to ask the author questions. Also, I want to help community members with their performance reviews that you have where you work. I'll provide members an annual report of the training and learning experiences they've had in a format that you can share with your manager to show how you are improving your knowledge and experience. This, I think, might be a really good catalyst to have a discussion about, you know, here are some of the things I've been looking into and learning, and this is kind of where I think I want my career to go. And you can use that the journey document, the diagram I discussed before to even think about, you know, where is that career going next? The community is designed to be a helpful resource and I sure hope a fun place for us to interact, you know, to interact with other product managers and leaders and not an overwhelming experience that floods you with information. I've seen those kinds of communities as well and they just burn you out, right? They, they just demand too much and you feel like you're missing out if you're not on doing, if you're not doing everything and you just can't sustain that. My goal is to focus on what matters and eliminate distracting and time-consuming noise that you don't need. So to recap, the community is designed to directly and time-efficiently address the three levers that accelerate product management and leaders' careers, providing, first, frameworks and tools, second, structured learning opportunities, 
And third, peer learning interactions to learn from the community itself. Community members will receive training, live interaction with podcast guests, member discussion forums, monthly live sessions, and an annual learning report to help you at your job and performance review. This community will be opening soon. It doesn't exist yet, at least if you're listening to this anytime towards the end of 2022. And I'm inviting you to be part of the Founders Launch. As one of the first people in the community, you can help shape it to be more valuable for you as well as others. Further, members who join during the Founders Launch receive the lowest price that will ever be offered. The price for a year membership for Founders It's about two-thirds less than what I've been selling the idea framework training for alone, right? And that's just one part of what you're going to have access to and what this experience, this community is going to be like. To put that maybe in another way that adds some different perspective to it for some of us, one of the university courses I teach is $5,000 per student, right? That's not what I charge. That's what the university charges. I sure wish they they paid me in respect to that, but they don't. But nonetheless, right? $5,000 per student. Now, while I can't offer you college credit, we will be discussing the same ideas and getting a lot of that same value. So if you think the community is for you, now is the time to join during the Founders Launch. I expect you'll find the community is a great value. However, you don't automatically get it. There is an application process, which I'm using, to help curate a more cohesive community, right? I want this group of people that get together in the community for it to make sense for each other, for there to be value between the people that join. And so I need to craft this in a way where the combination of industries and experiences makes sense for everyone to look at this, you know, once you're in the community and feel like, yeah, this provides great value to me. And it's also a place where I feel good about helping others and providing some value to others as well. To apply, please go to productmasterynow.com slash community. After the Founders launch occurs, the community will be closed to new members for at least six months. And the price will definitely, this isn't one of those strange, you know, internet offer ploys. No, the price will be higher when it opens again. If you're interested, apply now and let's make this a great community together. Get on on the ground floor of something new. Go to productmasterynow.com slash community. Now, this is already a different podcast episode than I typically do, but I don't want to leave you without an innovation quote. And I think one that relates pretty well to this discussion and the importance of community is one from Helen Keller. And she shared, alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. And I found that to be so applicable, you know, throughout my career so far and others that I've talked about their journey, right? There are certainly these points of, of surges where you're doing something probably solely, maybe largely by yourself, and that's really rewarding. But especially as careers grow, it is working with others that is really the, the key tipping point that makes a difference between some careers stalling out and others accelerating, you know, that hockey stick up and to the right. Together, we can do so much. And the community is a place to help each other to learn together what is most important without adding extra noise, also to be resources for each other. And I think it will be this place where we look back on it and go, man, you know, for however long of a time that people join the community, say, that was really useful. Together, we really did do much. I learned so much more hearing from the perspectives of others while also learning in a structured way and interacting and building my professional network. Hope you enjoy the quote, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. 
As always, everyone, keep innovating.